Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. So what we got is our body, our soul, and our spirit. I always feel like I'm spelling it wrong. It's weird. Anyway, but body, soul, and spirit, okay? And this is like what? This is like scientific. It's not just a church thing. Like scientists follow this concept that the human person, like psychologists buy into this, like this whole concept of that humans are completely like made up of three parts, if you will. Can you pull my mic down a little, Tom? Surprising, I know. Like I'm like, I know, I always say higher, and now tonight I'm like, Tom's the man. That's right. He's a black belt, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a pair of, like, Raphael size hanging up in his basement. I was like, Tom, what is this? He's, a, he's like a closet ninja. You'd never know it. Anyway, so, um, but here's this reality, okay? And I think it's, there's, like, all these amazing parts and pieces to this. But, you know, how many of you have Bibles on your phone or something? If you want to run and grab one off the cart, yeah, it's cool. Otherwise, you can just believe me what I'm saying because it's true. I don't know. But. If you're a skeptic, go get a Bible. Be like, I'm not going to let him lie to me. So, all right? Just because he's a pastor. Oh. All right. So, here's the deal. This is just proof right here in the Bible that we are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Okay? First Thessalonians, I think this is the passage Chandi talked about. It says right here, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Okay? That would mean like all of you, right? You with me on this? Through and through, that's usually what it means. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So right there, we've got it in the Bible. We are your whole body, soul, and spirit be preserved, be perfected before God. And Chani talked on the retreat about this amazing reality that happens when you receive Jesus. Because here's the deal. God created man in three persons, right, or in three parts, not three. It's kind of this cool picture of the Trinity, of who God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are. They're one God, three distinct beings, but one. If that's really hard to understand, it's pretty easy to understand that people are this, okay? And I'm going to explain more about what these are, but it looks like this. This is a picture all the way through Scripture that you see, okay? Even the tabernacle that they set up in the desert when the... Uh, presence of God was in the Ark of the Covenant and the whole deal. They had a tabernacle, right? The The tabernacle was set up with this huge kind of like tent thing. It was more like a fence made of fabric that went all the way around this huge area, and that was called the outer court, okay? It was all the tabernacle, but there was the outer court, and then there was the sanctuary, which was this raised up really high 30-foot tall tent that everyone could see from because they were in the desert, so it was pretty flat, okay? A 30-foot tall tent was like, there it is, Okay. And it was this big, huge tent totally closed in. And it looked like, okay, well, that's just part of the tabernacle, but there's something more in there. But then if you went inside of that tent called the sanctuary, there was another small area inside of that called the holy place, the most holy place, where the presence of God actually resided. Does this make sense? This was a a prophetic picture that God gave his people of who he was and who we are in a three-part person, okay? There's the outer court, there's the sanctuary, and there's 
the holy place of the Spirit. Does this make sense? So you all exist in this reality. Here's what happened. Garden of Eden, you remember this whole deal, right? And this is all part of the image of God. God created us in his image, in his likeness. He's three parts, three people, one. You're three parts, three people, one as a picture of that. Not in perfection the way God is, but a, a, a prophetic picture of that reality, okay? Make sense? When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, right? You know the story. We're not going to go into it. This right here, God said there was a promise, right? If you eat from that tree, you will surely die. Okay, Eve ate the apple, gave it to Adam. He ate the apple. What happened? They lived. Right? They didn't drop dead, poisoned by the apple. Yes, ultimately death entered the equation, the possibility of dying. But guess what? Something died that moment. This became darkened. The spirit within them was darkened. The presence of God was removed because of sin, and there was something died inside there, okay? Fast forward, what Jesus provided on the cross, the final sacrifice, the provision, and all of this is that it says in the New Testament, it tells us anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. This is what recreated. How many of you, when you got saved, looked in the mirror the next day and said, who's that? Probably not. You're like, I didn't get that nose I hoped for, like, or whatever, right? Like, why? I thought I was a new creation. This is a, like, you can get freaked out and be like, I didn't see a new creation. Guess what? It's not the part you see that got recreated, but this did right here. I'm just going to erase it and add in right here. Holy Spirit moved in. Holy Spirit is perfect, is perfection. He moved in, and that's what Chandi talked about at the retreat. You were perfected in the place that died in the Garden of Eden. That's cool, right? So now, this is great. The minute you give your life to the Lord and you say, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I trust you for you're the only way for me to get free of my sins and get free for freedom's sake. You give your life in that place through faith, not through going to church a certain amount of times and this and that. And I would even say that saying a certain prayer doesn't do this. This is an act of your heart that says, God, I am deciding to follow you and trust you with my entire life. This is recreated, okay? Problem still exists, right? Because for some reason, this part doesn't seem to cooperate with this part. Why? I'm going to tell you, okay? Right here. This Part right here, your soul is known as being made up as three different parts as well. I know, three parts and three parts. It's really, really wild, right? So in here you have your mind, your emotions, and your, oh, will. I'm just going to put it up there, okay? You get where we're saying, okay? This is all the soul here. Soul arrow, okay? And up here is your will. In this portion. So you have your mind, your will, and emotions. This is the true who you are. This is your personality. This is the person that lives on, that your identity is seated in, that this is what settles all about how you interact with people. Your body does not determine that. Your body is a slave to your soul. Okay? So what's happening in here? 
causes this to respond in a certain way. Make sense? However, at the same time, there's an exchange of information that happens. You have a body, right? Out here, your body has touch, taste, feel, smell. What are the other ones? I don't know. Sound, sight, all that. You have a body that experiences the world around you, right? And in that, you experience from outward forces, things that are happening all around you. You experience emotions. You experience thoughts, thinking, things happen, and you go, I don't know about that. What do I think about that? Okay. Your emotions and your thoughts feed your will, and that will is what decides what you actually do. Does that make sense? There's like this infeed of responses, and you can go into all the brain chemistry if you want to do the whole science thing. I don't have time to do that tonight, but your brain has all kinds of automatic receptors that have been trained your entire life. Okay? If you had a bad experience with a dog when you were two and it came and bit your arm, okay, there's a good chance that when you're 10, if a dog comes that's very friendly towards you, you're not going to go, friendly dog, because your brain was trained by an occurrence from an outside force. Your mind was formed in such a way that you respond according to what you've experienced. Is that fair? It's pretty like, duh, right? Logical. But this is totally common. Same thing with your emotions. You have emotional trauma. You have emotional um, excitement, like things that are really great that happen, like Disneyland. That's why you remember your first trip to Disney World, even if you were like three, because something emotionally happened, boom, and it seeded, and it formed part of who your soul and what your soul looks like. Is that fair? So your entire life from birth, and even before that in the womb, okay, you are experiencing hearing your parents' voice. You're, ex- you're hearing things around you. Babies are known to recognize mom and dad's voice the minute they're out of the womb. Why? Because they've been hearing it. They can prove the baby's here in the womb, which goes into a whole lot of things that we won't talk about tonight, but you know where I'm going. They experience this begins way before they come out. And they're being formed. And your entire world forms your soul and your mind and all this. So that's the great conflict that happens is that up until the point when you go go to God and say, I want you to run my life, to rule my life, this has been rather formed in the patterns of this world. Romans 12, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This begins to get renewed when this occurs because suddenly you have a force that did not exist here. All you were was a responder to your outward stimulus. The minute the Holy Spirit actually moves in to your spirit and brings life to what was totally dead and gone, you suddenly have another influence into your mind, your will, and your emotions feeding what you do and how you respond to different situations. We look at this reality and you see Jesus, okay, every response he ever had, no matter the circumstance, was life-giving and brought like a massive amount of change and transformation in everyone's lives. Why do you think that was? This was formed differently than what every one of us experienced because he was God 
but he was also man. So he had a mind. He had a will. He had, an, he had emotions. We know he had emotions. He cried when Lazarus died, even though he was going to raise him from the dead. I was like, dude, Jesus, you know what's going to happen. Why are you crying? Like, you should be laughing. But he gets the reality of humanity because he was one, and it broke his heart to see the brokenness around him when his, when his friend died. Do you get this? Jesus had a will because Satan came and tempted him. He had the opportunity to choose based on his thoughts, based on his emotions. He, is, he had the opportunity to activate his will and go bow down to Satan. He could have done it. Could have fallen to the temptation gave him. But this was the greatest force within Jesus because it said right before he went to the desert to be tempted by the devil, what came? The Holy Spirit came and rested upon him like a dove, and the Father spoke out of the sky. This great transaction happened, the very picture that we experience when we submit ourselves to God and say, I'm tired of being a responder to everything that happens to me. And look at your world. That's all you see around you is people responding to whatever happens. They said this about me, so I punched them in the face. Right? I mean, like, this is like... or. You can name any of it, right? My parents are screwed up, so I'm angry and I'm mad at the world and I'm depressed because this and I'm not pretty enough and I'm not smart enough and I'm not athletic enough and blah, blah. Every outward force is driving against you, against your culture, against everybody from age birth to 99 years old, 100 years old. I feel like the 101-year-olds just go like, this is so easy for real. Like, they just get over all the worry, I think, at some point up there, Right? But this is the reality that you see everywhere in your culture is this is not alive, so this is all they have to respond to. This reality that occurs at the cross when you come before God and say, I want you to run this thing changes everything because you now have a force that works outwardly. It takes a transformation. There's a time that involves your will making decisions. How am I going to spend my time? What am I going to put my eyes on? What am I going to allow myself to be exposed to? Those are the things that you, from your mind, from your emotions go, oh, that feels dirty. And you say, I don't want that by your will. And then the outcome is that your body begins to respond in different areas across the board. You might have a lot of, due to everything that's gone on, you might have a whole lot of fear out here. And this might take a while for some people to get over. There's a lot of that flowing in our culture right now. <gasps> Trump won. He's going to kick everybody out of the country. Like, what? Like, fear. And it's real, guys. It's not. Listen. Listen. The fear that exists in our culture right now is real. It's not a joke. It's not like, what? The pathetic? And there's parts of me that I just go, like, really? Do we have to be that, like, I heard about some chef that closed his restaurant because he was too sad to cook, and I'm like, wow, right? But like, but listen, that does not, as crazy as it might sound, it doesn't negate the reality of the feeling because every one of you have had feelings that you needed to know were valid too. Whether they were logical or not, your feelings and your emotions are real responses to what you experience. And if this is dead then what just happened last Tuesday is terrifying instantaneously because people go, what do we do? Like, and we don't know what this Trump presidency is going to look like. Nobody does. 
there's probably a little air of fear across the entire population of America going like, even those that voted for him are probably like, we sure hope he does what he said in certain things. And certain things you're like, I hope he doesn't do what he said. I'm serious. There's part of that as real across the board. But our culture is going into like comatose shock because a guy got voted to office. Because there's not a greater force right here going, I am forever. I am stable. I am loving you. I am for sure. I, my promises are true. Everything right here should change the way your heart looks at your culture, and this should die. Right? Self-image happens out here, right? Self-image starts in here, but it plays out out here, how you carry yourself. If you believe in here, in your mind, in your emotions, and in your will that you're a pathetic loser of a person, guess what it shows out here? Nobody can see either of these, but they see the manifestation of what's happening from in or what's happening to you, and you're just a response. Now I'm just mad at the situation. Like, okay, old people are really good at this, right? Young people are really good too. Millennials, our whole generation, are you kidding me? I should have, I should be making $45 an hour, but I don't want to work because that's hard. It's like, have you seen the, you, there's like some Facebook video going around, adopt a millennial. Have you seen that? It's like a Compassion International video for a millennial that's like, I need my cell phone bill paid and I need Starbucks at least, you know, 18 a week, you know, like. So would you sponsor me for $5,000 a week? You know, like, it's like that is a real mentality that looks at the world that's all over the place around us going, ah, respond. And we just start, like, throwing up on each other because we don't really know any better way to respond to situations around us. Does that, like, does this make sense? So there's a real reality that Shawnee talked about. You're perfect right here. You're perfect in this spot right here. This, your mind, your thoughts, what you put your mind to, your emotions, the things you allow to rule you, determine what your will is. And at the point of your will, you decide the things that you're going to do with your life. Jesus did this. He let them hang him on a cross and never retaliated. So that person who said that awful thing to you at school or wrote it on Facebook or whatever and made your life, you don't have to retaliate because that's not where your identity is found. But you get to decide by your will which of these runs this. Does your body determine all of this? You talk about identity, and you have your identity wrapped up in sports or music or something that you do so well, right? Alyssa's like a crazy good drumline. We're picking on her tonight because Dylan pointed that out, right? Like if Alyssa falls off like something, breaks both arms, and can't play drums, not going to happen. I'm not prophesying, okay? It's an example. Look, if Alyssa's identity is built, if this is determined by her drumming and this fails, what does this become? Broken. Because she put her identity in something that cannot last for eternity. I don't care how good a drummer you are when you're 108, it's not going to be as sweet as it was when you were 17. 
right? I mean, it'll be like, you know, and it'll be a good, it'll be a good YouTube video of a 108-year-old like, I play drums still, you know, but it's not going to be as epic, okay? If your identity is in your perfect face, what's that going to be at 108? Sorry to break it to you. Plastic surgery is not working. You can tell. It's kind of like, no, no, no. You do not look 16, lady. Come on, right? If your identity is in your basketball, your soccer, your instrument, your art, or whatever, what happens if that doesn't last? This, this gets destroyed because it's all built on what's happening from the outside. God is eternal. God is perfect. He's made you. He's sanctified you right here. And walking and living in this is the answer. So I'm going to read these couple verses and then we'll be done. Based on this understanding, here we go. Thanks, Trenton. All right, this is kind of a long passage, but I want you to think through what we're just talking about. With this understanding of who you are, Romans chapter 8, which I've probably read to you before because it's mind-blowing. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, the outside, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful man to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who did not live according to the sinful or who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled by the sinful nature or not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, that middle thing right there, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living inside you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. This stuff. It's a lot of words, I know, I get it. Um, where'd it go? Sorry, I lost where I was. Ch-ch-ch. Through the Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You've heard that before. Um, I don't know what that is. It's all right. This can stay there. 
Um, and then this last verse I want to read right here. Life by the Spirit. I say, so I say, this is in Galatians 5 if you need it. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Hey guys, hold on. What is contrary to the sinful nature, they, they are in conflict with each other so that you do not... Um, so, so that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Yes, it says that in the Bible. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the reality right here. If this is what affects and drives who you are and how you respond, you're walking into death because you, are, are, you, you have the opportunity by your will to ignore what's happening right here. You also have the will in you to acknowledge that you're perfect right here. Now, how is your body going to respond when you get renewed in your mind, will, and emotions by a reality that you're already made perfect and it's all taken care of, suddenly that list isn't a list of, oh, I shouldn't. It becomes a list of, why the heck would I? Right? I'm perfect. That doesn't align with who I am. And your mind starts to say, that's not me. I'm not afraid because of the economy. I'm not afraid because of an election. I'm not afraid because so-and-so bullies me at school every single day. I'm not afraid because dot, 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 I don't know where I'm going to college and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. That doesn't align with a perfect spirit that's in you. To be afraid is ridiculous because the perfect love of God casts out all fear. You've got it right here. If you've given yourself to the Lord, that's the kicker right there. Check yourself that you that you stand in that place before God. It's not by all the good things you can accomplish, but simply going, I'm done trying to control this thing. Stand up for me. So, Seriously, I think Chandi would probably tell you this the same way I probably could. We could, like, break each of these three parts down and spend, like, three Wednesdays on each one. We probably won't do that. But I hope this gives you a picture. I love, like, pictures are so good, right? To picture who you are and where's that influence coming from. Are you living by the spirit that's within you? Or are you living by the sinful nature that just reacts to every crazy, crappy thing that might happen to you? Guess what? Guess what? This does not guarantee that nothing comes at you like this. Jesus was the perfection of this and got put on a cross. You get this? He got disowned by everyone in his, like, that he knew. He got turned on by his own people who put him on a cross, put nails through him, beat the crap out of him before they did that. They gave him about three years of hell before that, trying to trick him, trying to beat him. Wanted to kill him a lot of times, and somehow he just escaped. Miraculous, right? There is not a guarantee that nothing's going to come at you. 
But there can be a guarantee that your response will be like God. If you choose by your mind, your will, and emotions to not get caught up in the old desires of the flesh, but to walk by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. It's really a cool and real reality. And it gets easier and easier and easier the more you renew that mind, the more you decide and choose, like, this is not me. As some people would say, this is way below my pay grade. If this is you, if you're identified by a perfect Holy Spirit inside you, your pay grade is way up here. Stop going for minimum wage life. You just kind of go like, that's stupid, right? You don't have Bill Gates flipping burgers and dumping fries at McDonald's anymore. It's like, come, like no, he's got people to do that, to do that, to do that, to do that. Because he knows his pay grade. And that doesn't mean we don't serve each other. Don't get that off on a different tangent. But do you get what I'm saying? If you're living in a life that says, I'm full of the Holy Spirit of the Most High God, then behaviors down here are foolish. Even in your own mind, you go, that was stupid. That's not who I am. So put your hands up for me. I'm just going to pray for you guys. And I seriously, I encourage you, if you need prayer for anything, if you just want to share what's going on in your world, you're like, I don't even know if I need prayer. I don't even know if I want prayer. I just, this is going on in my life and I'm freaking out about it. Find one of our leaders in this room tonight and say, hey, will you just, can I tell you what's going on in my world? We're here for that. And if anything in this is speaking to your heart, and you're like, that sounds really cool, but I don't know about that middle circle. Can you talk to me about that middle circle? Yes, we really can. We could clear that up right here, right now, tonight. There's like, it's not like a waiting list. God's really cool about this. Get that circle filled. Get it so alive and put to death the old stuff that's dying. You've had your hands up for a while, so let's pray. God, we thank you for these young hearts in this room tonight. God, we thank you for the beautiful picture of you that we are, that you created us like you, God, to live from the inside out, God, to not be reactors and to not be just like freaked out by things that come our way that that take us off guard. But that we would live from a place of knowing who we are because it's all resting in who you are. Because you came and you moved in and you perfected me on the inside. Now, God, help me work this thing to the out so that my flesh responds to what's deep inside me. Because I want to walk in a greater power. I want to walk in, in the ability to lay hands on people and watch them get healed and delivered from fear and all kinds of other things. God, I want to see that perfect spirit just glowing on the outside of my skin. Because every part of me is being transformed by you. Not by my super Christian behaviors, but by my trust in you alone. So God, I thank you for what you're doing in hearts tonight. I thank you for what you're doing with these young people, even this week in their schools, God. Continue to live through them, God. Prayer meetings rising up and Christian clubs happening, God. Like We thank you for these things to happen And we just pray for more power and more anointing all over it as your perfect Holy Spirit lives out through this group of young people, God. We want to see our nation transformed. Start right in every one of these schools, God. In every home, 
for the homeschoolers, God, that their co-ops would be transformed, that their homes would move to a different level, God, that the Christian schools would be lit on fire and stop saying they're Christians and living a totally different way. God, let the public schools be captivated by a God that loves, that loves them, that's not holding judgment, that's not about a political agenda, but he's about loving hearts. Let this group of young people be your representatives to bring that truth and reality into their world, Father. Oh, thank you. So Holy Spirit, come right now. Remind us who we are in our core inner being. That our whole body, soul, and spirit would be transformed into the likeness that we were created to be, God. Thank you for this time tonight. We thank you for the worship and the just time together, Lord. We pray you'd bless the pumpkin pie to our bellies and fill us this week, God. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.